Welcome to Episode 7 of the Passionate Purpose Podcast, where we interview people over 50 who are pursuing new direction for their lives. It's an opportunity for men and women to tell their stories, their way, in their own words. This week, we'll hear from a groundbreaking couple who made a tremendous impact on the RV industry by helping others to fall in love with the RV lifestyle. What's impressive is that they were not equipped with special knowledge or education when they started, Rather, they simply shared information as they were learning about it themselves. When John and Kathy Huggins were in their late 50s, their lives completely changed direction. Kathy was a receptionist and John worked for an industrial manufacturing facility. Foreign competition was decimating his company and his entire industry. John lost his job after training his replacement, but it didn't faze him one bit. Kathy had always wanted to go camping for many years, and she was finally able to convince John to buy a tent to use while attending a convention in Branson. But after just a few nights of sleeping on the ground, they realized they were way too old for that kind of adventure. After selling their condo out of the blue to someone moving to Florida, the Huggins bought a motorhome and hit the road to tour America. The following winter, they were back in Florida when their son called with a desperate request. He worked for a radio station and there was an abrupt opening to host a 10 a.m. Saturday show and their son asked his folks to step in and do the show about RVing. They called their radio show Living the RV Dream. What happened next is quite a story. To tell us more about how so many doors opened in rapid succession to catapult them into the national limelight, please welcome John and Kathy Huggins to the show. Thanks for joining me today, John and Kathy. I really appreciate the time. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from and where you are now? Well, we are in our 70s now. And uh, I guess we got started. I was um, a Navy retiree, and then I went to work in industry, manufacturing. And uh, Kathy? I was a receptionist for office, and I had been doing that most of our relationship. And we, um, we were 58, and we kind of knew that our life was probably going to change, that we wanted to have, we wanted to do things we had dreamed about, but we hadn't dreamed a lot yet, mm -hmm. because we still had time to go before we actually would be retired. Mm -hmm. where, where were you from, or where were you living at that time? Uh, we were living here in Florida, in Sarasota, Florida. I originally grew up in Moline, Illinois, and John grew up in Washington, D.C. area. So that's a, that's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> but we met and fell in love, and uh, we've been together now 55 years. Oh, yeah. that's neat. We knew that things were going to change for us. You know, you start kind of thinking about it at 50 and 55, and you think, well, you know, we're going to retire, and what are we going to do? And you, But you don't focus in on it you just kind of have that wave out there in the middle of nowhere kind of nagging a, you a little a few things happened that really cemented things the first one was uh, we were able to sell our house we had a large house off in a golf community and uh, the market was hot this was in 2005 just before the big crunch so the market was hot we were able to sell the house make quite a bit of money and we knew then we wanted to sell it because we're living in this big house, just two of us. We don't use but two or three rooms. So let's get a smaller place. 
And we did. We bought a condo, a very nice little condo, but selling that house started things. And then uh, <laughs> I had done such a good job moving production lines to Mexico. I worked myself out of a job because the guy I hired spoke Spanish and they mm -hmm. put him in my place and paid him half what I was getting. <laughs> and ushered you out the door. But, you know, I, I felt bad about losing that job for about 10 seconds. Really, no longer than that, because I said, wow, I had hated the last two years of that. Every time I'd come back from Mexico, 20 people weren't there anymore, that kind of thing. I said, I'm free. Mm -hmm. We had been talking about our being. I said, wow. Well, actually, how it got started is <laughs> I told him about four years before that, I want to go camping. And he said, you're out of your mind. No way. So being the gentleman that he is, and <laughs> we had a, uh, we were going to a convention of, uh, in, Branson. in Branson. And so I said, we can get a tent and just try it out. We don't have to cook or anything. Just try it out. So we, we bought a tent. Great big tent. A great big tent. <laughs> and we bought, um, what else? We have sleeping bags and an air bed that was a great big air bed. <laughs> it wasn't baffled. So every time one of us got in, the other one went up or out, or, you know, it was, it was crazy. But we were in a beautiful park in Branson and it was gorgeous. Yeah. And it was very, very beautiful and very relaxing. And I thought, I want to do more of this. And we had fun. Yeah. Which we had surprised fun. me. But we knew that we needed to get up off the ground. We were not young enough to be on the so ground. So we do this anymore. again, there are going to be wheels <laughs> under us. That's right. <laughs> so that kind of got us going, doing a little bit of research about RVs and RV. And uh, I think that's when we went to the Tampa show in January of 2005. And uh, we met escapees who talked forever about full-time RVing. We didn't even know that kind of life existed. Uh -uh. But it sounded good to us. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was a week after that show, we got a letter from a lady who was moving here from Ohio. And she knew about our condo area. And she said, I want to live there because my husband has uh, dementia. And it's very safe in an enclosed area. And uh, I want to buy outright, pay cash, no realtor. I'm on the phone about that time calling her. No kidding. <laughs> she was, yeah, she was in Florida at the time. And uh, I said, well, here it is. Uh, come see it and uh, make me an offer. And uh, she said, oh, this is just the floor plan I want and all that. I said, okay. And towards the end of the conversation, she says, now, I'd want to gut out the kitchen in both bathrooms, so I'd want to be in in 30 days. And I'm thinking about 10. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but she made us a great offer. It was the highest sold, yeah. selling price in the whole area. Wow. Back then. And uh, we said, okay. <laughs> and that we we're sitting at the dining table that night and we better go buy this RV. Or we hadn't bought the RV yet. Yeah, or we're <laughs> going to be homeless. <laughs> So, so we said RVing is going to be it. Mm -hmm. So that was, and you did all of this research after you lost your job. So at well, a very little before that, but mm -hmm. most of it. Yeah. Okay. But I did a lot of internet research and, and uh, 
IRV, you know those guys. Mm -hmm. But you did uh, something beyond just going RVing. You decided right. to learn about, as you were learning about the lifestyle, you decided to share it with others. Tell well, us that about came that. a little bit later. Oh, okay. Not a lot later, but I mean, we, we had to learn because I'm not the kind of person to jump into this without knowing anything. Although when I jump, I jump big. So you know the kind of rig we had. That was the only rig we ever had. Went up to Lazy Days, found that uh, 39-foot rig, and off we went. And I, yeah, Our son, we were down here in Florida for the, the winter. In, the next year. Yeah. What? And our son called us up and said uh, he was a programmer for the local radio station. And he said, I had my Saturday morning, 10 o'clock guy just quit on me. Can you guys come in and do a show? On RV, RV radio show. And we said, sure. We didn't know squat totally about radio or anything else. We said, sure, Steve, we'll help you out. We thought it'd be one or two weeks, and it ended up... 17 weeks 17 we did weeks. that show. And we called it Living the RV Dream. Oh, wow, that's neat. Yeah, it was fun. It was funny. But it, it had a... Uh, they had a internet tie-in. So we had fans, our family and others that started tuning in and sending us email. And at that 17 week point, it was time to leave Florida because it started to get hot. Yeah. So this was in, yeah, this was in 05, about oh, September, yeah, October. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm, I said, I've heard about this podcasting thing. I don't know anything about it. So I bought a book and I did some research because you couldn't go to YouTube then because mm -hmm. there was nothing yeah. <laughs> about it. It wasn't YouTube. Well, YouTube was there, I think, but it was in its infancy. So I, I did a little reading and I bought a little, a couple of microphones and headphones and a mixer. And uh, I said, all right, let's do it. I think it was about a month after the radio gig ended that we started living the RV dream. Okay, the podcast, and, uh, not just living the RV dream, but the podcast. Well, it was mm -hmm. a podcast, and I had no idea how long we'd be doing it or anything. We decided to do it once a week. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I did all the technical stuff, and Kathy did all the feel-good stuff. Okay. And it seemed to work. People really, Enjoyed really it. liked it. Yeah, they liked us. Uh, how many followers we, did you have at your peak? Do you know offhand? Oh, Lord. How long? What? How many did we have at our peak? Oh, downloads? Probably 2,500 to 3,000 a week. It was more than that. No, because people would download them and then later that, you know, that it, that episode would be downloaded probably 8,000 times. Okay. Mm -hmm. Over a period of time. Okay. So... Early on, we said, well, let's start a Facebook group. Not yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Living the RV dream. So and they could ask questions and we yeah, could. It worked answer. great. We answer them about, on the show. Yeah. 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 Well, we had 400 people when we started. Okay. Loyal listeners. And they were very active. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it was wonderful. And it wasn't long after that we ran into you. Mm hmm I think. I, mine was, really? no, that was much later. I was 2014. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. That was later. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. 
But you were uh, one of our listeners, weren't you? I was. Yes, I was aware yeah. of, of you folks. Yeah, you knew who we doing. were. Mm-hmm. He, he went to seek us out. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But today we have 79,500 oh, people on Living the Arbitrary. Really? <laughs> it's still, you're still doing that on the Facebook page? You're not living the dream anymore, but the the idea continues. Oh, yeah, people, absolutely. People are chiming in. They're joining. They're getting the information they need. They're sharing their experiences with others. Mm-hmm. It's information. Okay. And that was what we decided that the show was going to be about. Yeah. We're going to tell them the stuff that we found out the hard way. Okay. So maybe they can have it a little easier. Mm-hmm. Or not. But. You know, we talked about where we went and all the cool places we saw. How talked. to buy an RV, you know, things to look, don't look at the outside so much as the guts of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that we had learned that we thought people should know before they go out and, 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 and start this full-time living or even part-time living because it's different. Mm-hmm. And then uh, John came up with, um, how did that go? Where uh, the, the book. book. Oh, well, I got emails from people that they'd say, you give us all this great information. We've got to thumb back through audio episodes and pull them up and listen to them to get the information again. And uh, you guys should write a book. And at first I just fluffed that off. I said, I'm not a book writer. I'm not an author. Neither is Kathy. But when you get a dozen or more of those emails in the same month, It's time. Mm -hmm. And I think that was in 2008 or nine. I have the original book here. Anyway, we we were in Texas over a summer and we hunkered down in about half a dozen different campgrounds in the Thousand Trails system. And we wrote, so you want to be a full-time RVer. So you want to be an RVer, not full-time. No, full-time. The first one was called, so you want to be a full-time RVer. And uh, it sold fairly well. I was surprised. I didn't expect to make any money off it, but we did. And uh, right after that, we said, well, we're getting questions about work camping, and we did a lot of that. So next came, so you want to be a work camper. And I think it was maybe two years later, we ran into Bob, um, the guy in Seattle, Oh, yeah. does the Saturday morning show. Anyway, you were there. You know him. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, Chuck, he Chuck told me. Woodbury? Woodward, Woodward. yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, mm-hmm. you know, you'll sell more books if you take yourself out of the full-time niche. And if you upgrade a little bit. So I took that to heart because by now we're starting to make a few dollars off this thing. I said, oh, all right. <laughs> so it took about four months. But we really upgraded the book, changed the name to So You Want to Be a Full-Time RVer. So you want to be an RVer. An RVer, yeah. And I had a great um, front page designer who did the whole the whole cover thing for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. She's a little more expensive now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, we did that. And you've seen the big book. Uh, it came out, started selling like crazy. That's neat. I mean, it was everywhere. It was even in camping worlds for a while. 
No, well, was it in Camping mm-hmm. World? Not because I put it there. Okay. <laughs> that was so years wild. ago. I don't know if it's still there yeah. now, but yeah, it really took off. So this, you really didn't have a passion for RVing. You just wanted okay. to explore it. You wanted to do some traveling now that you were relieved of the job responsibility and the RVing became a passion because oh, as you were learning the things you wanted to share what you learned with other people. In fact, you weren't an expert really at that point. You were just learning as you went. Yeah, I never was an expert. An mm-hmm. expert is a guy with a plane ticket and a briefcase. Right. You know that. <laughs> Anybody That's from it. out of town. Yes. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was a guy who'd been there, done that. And I would tell you how I did it. Right. Or how people, I, and I met a lot of people who I consider experts. Mm-hmm. I interviewed most of them. You, uh, almost one of my first interviews, plus others. And uh, right before we wrote the book, we were in Arizona, and I was visiting with Nick Russell, who I had just met. And I asked him about writing books, because he had already written half a dozen RV books along with his fiction. And he said, look, if you've got the passion, you can write the book. And he talked to me about how to get it self-published and all of that. And he really kind of put the spark in me along with all those emails. Uh, so that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Did you incur any expenses in doing, you had to buy an RV, but were there any other expenses that uh, you incurred to start this business? Well, I kept, <laughs> I don't go halfway. So I kept buying better podcast equipment, but it wasn't, a, you know, it was $150 here or something like that, but never a big chunk of money okay uh, so outside so now, of the rv it wasn't like more than a thousand dollars okay what a month you mean no a thousand dollar investment to get this thing rolling oh to get it going i don't think it was more than 200 okay Very <laughs> yeah, good. Cause i knew about radio and steve helped me a little bit with equipment and it was a piece of cake, really, getting mm-hmm. started. Okay. Um, and then people... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, please. I think you have to have a passion for whatever you're going to do. Yeah. You, and, and you may not find that passion right away. I mean, we talked about our being... My passion was to travel and see things more than it was to podcast by a long shot. Yeah. And we really enjoyed our travel time. We had fun with it. We got to see things. And I thought, people don't know about this. They don't know about... We did not know about full-timing. I knew about camping, mm-hmm. but I never had anybody tell me about full-timing until we talked to the escapee people. Okay. And I thought people don't know about it, but they also don't know how to buy a camper. They don't know how to hook up. They don't know the rules of a campground. Little things that you need yeah. that I thought everybody needed to know. Mm-hmm. And that really helped us fire us up. Okay. Get going on. And mm-hmm. the, the whole passion thing, Nick also told me anyone who has a passion for anything has a book in them. Mm-hmm. That's I thought right. that was pretty interesting, but I, I believe it. It's absolutely true. I agree. So you started RVing and then you started the podcast and the podcast led to one book, which led to another book, which led to another book. And yeah. I call it a pamphlet. Well, a we pamphlet. wrote a pamphlet. It was 16 pages called how to survive an RV show and still have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we gave that away for the most part. I think it's on Facebook for 99 cents yeah, right now. Yeah. Or on it's a fun Facebook, book. you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, we really 
put a lot of hard-won personal knowledge into that one. Okay. And uh, people really loved it and mm-hmm. said, You're, you helped us a great deal. And so helping and the guess, other people kind of invigorated you because it was a self, yeah. uh, self-perpetuating thing. The more you learned and the more you shared, the more people you knew and started following you and started responding to you and encouraging you to do more. Yes. Oh, it got crazy. I mean, we had a couple of rallies because people said, you guys ought to have an RV rally. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we winter in Florida a lot. We're at a great park here and I checked with them and they had had rallies before. So the first uh, living the RV dream gathering happened. And uh, I think that was the one where some people came in early, about 20 or 30. And we were sitting uh, around a campfire and I asked him, I said, how many of you people are here or started RVing because of Kathy and I? And they all raised their hand. Wow. That's just got to floor you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Think, oh, no, let's get a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned that you had done some work camping. Uh, why don't you describe yeah. what that is so that people who might not be familiar with the term um, well, can understand it? You want to do that, sir? Work camping is where you work for the campground and part of your pay is getting a site. Sometimes that includes electric and water. Sometimes it doesn't. It usually is part-time. Very rarely do you have to do full-time. And it's a nice way to uh, balance out your expenses so that you can enjoy what you're doing and still earn a little money or at least stay for free. Mm -hmm. And we used to work camp in the winter and uh, it'd be reservationists, you know, people call up, want to make a reservation, mow the lawn. If you had any kind of pool experience or um, certificates, you could, you could run the pool for them. Uh, you could help people hook up some directed people to their campsites, clean up campsites, because some people don't understand being clean. That's mm-hmm. another whole story. Mm-hmm. But it was fun because you got to meet you and maybe three or four other couples would be working and you work maybe two or three days a week. And that was it. The okay. rest of the time you could go do whatever you wanted. And- Although we discovered there's way more work camping jobs than working in campgrounds. Mm-hmm. There is now. Yes, absolutely. I think it started out that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oil fields, gate guards, yeah. even back then they were hiring them. Mm-hmm. Although they were usually RVers at the beginning, they were just people that happened to have a trailer and took it out there and used it for four or five months. Well, there are lots of so, jobs out there. I mean, people are selling uh, Christmas trees down yeah. south in the, the winter. They're, they are helping pumpkins. out pumpkins. They're out a lot. They sell pumpkins. It moves right into Christmas trees. Right. And if they come back, they can sell fireworks on the yeah. 4th of July. <laughs> That's so, true. Some people do that as well. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a way to defer some of your costs. Uh, and you have fun. You get to meet everybody as they come into the park and talk yeah. with them, find out where they're from, and you know, you find new friends. And you're not, Amazon. you're not, yeah, exactly, Amazon. You're not going to get rich doing work camping. It no. is no. not at all. But it is going to. I mean, there are a number of people who are able to fully live in an RV, traveling wherever right. they want, and it's short-term jobs, so it's only like a season. You know, it might yes. be for, for we summer. Told people, 
you're not going to have a career work camping. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. sorry, that's not the kind of work it is. Right. Uh, I mean, Amazon, that's hard work, what they have to do to work for Amazon over that Christmas. In the shipment, yeah, the fulfillment centers. Uh, yeah, and some of them would work uh, up in North Dakota at the beet harvest mm -hmm. for about six to eight weeks, I think is what it lasts, and then go right to an Amazon <laughs> Um, a center, and that was their work for the whole year. Mm -hmm. You're right. going to get rich, but you defer some of your costs that you yeah. you don't have to spend so much money. Right, you, know, you have more money to spend entertainment than you than mm -hmm. you would. Have. The and other thing, yeah, the other thing I really like about work camping is you get to spend some time in one area and really yeah. know and immerse yourself in that area to get to know it, rather than going here from one week to another to another to another. Week after Our week very after week. first work camping gig, we first year out on the road, our goal was to see Mount Rushmore. That was yeah. all we were going to do for the whole year. So we go out there. We end up at a beautiful place called Heart Ranch, which you may have heard of. The Heart Ranch is a membership campground out there. And uh, we have they'll let you stay for a week or something. Four and days. what? Four days. Four days. Well, during that four days, they had a thing on their closed circuit TV channels and they were looking for people to help out the campground and you got your site free for that. So we went and asked and uh, two days later, I had gone from a hundred thousand dollar a year job to cleaning toilets <laughs> and loving it. And loving it. And yeah. why, why would you say that? I mean, people would say you're crazy for doing that. Well, we're in the Black Hills of South, South Dakota, Dakota in the one. summer. Yeah, mm -hmm. beautiful. One of the most beautiful areas of our country. We did a little bit of work, and this was not 40 hours a week. This was like 20. 20, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. gave 20 and they gave us this VIP card that got us into all the attractions in the Black Hills, mostly for free or half price. So we used it. I mean, we... We thought we could see it all that year. Mm -hmm. Well, we spent four summers up there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think we saw most of it. But, uh, if, if you were to start was... this over again, would you do anything differently? Yeah. I would put more down on the RV so I wouldn't have such expense. We should have put a lot more down. We were upside down yeah. okay. after the first year. Yeah. Okay. And we were very fortunate when we sold it to sell it for, we, we, after we sold it, we only owed $7,500, yeah, which was very fortunate. We got a great price for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's putting more money down on an RV that you're going to buy. Do you have yeah. any, uh, what about for the business? Is there anything you would have done differently uh, for that? I think I would have learned more about marketing okay. so that I could have uh, really made some serious money. We had a few sponsors over the years, but uh, I mean, we did the podcast for seven years, I think, seven or eight years. Uh, eight. Let me see. I don't know. Anyway. It was a lot of episodes. I know that every <laughs> week for eight years. And, uh, we probably should have made way more money than we did. Mm -hmm. We were having fun. But mm -hmm. yeah, we did have fun with it. Um, eventually, I sold the uh, livingthervdream.com website and uh, 
uh, to traveling Robert. Mm -hmm. You know who he is, Robert yes. Morales. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow, I got 2000 bucks for that. I, was up, uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> he's doing well with it. Yeah. Well, oh, he's great. doing very well. Because he does videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So how would you define retirement for people? Wow. Opportunity. Opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to change your life. Mm -hmm. You can stay the same and go to the same house, same golf course, but you can travel if you have any interest. You can go back to school. Mm -hmm. Most schools don't even charge it. You know, colleges, you can go to college for nothing. Mm -hmm. You can uh, learn skills that you've always wanted to learn and didn't. If you're into hot rods, you can get a neater hot rod and spend more money on it. But it's an opportunity to change directions and, and find something that you can have a passion for and fall in love with. Mm -hmm. Very good. Unfortunately, some people won't do that. They'll just sit and vegetate. Right. I see that a lot. You know, people get up and they play their round of golf. And then they come home and they immerse themselves in social media or uh, TV news. And then they, you know, have a lunch, take a nap and uh, more social media and TV news, then go out for the senior discount at the diner down the road yep. and come home and, <laughs> and come home and they're in bed by nine, you know, or eight. We were in contact with people via the, the uh, Facebook group who were thinking about it. And by the time they decided they were really going to do it, they had, they were in their seventies and you just can't do that. If you retire, mm -hmm. make the turn now. Don't sit around and think about it. Oh, I got to wait till this kid gets out of college or this or that or the other thing. No, you don't. Learn, go, do, do it now. Yeah. I remember one of the pieces of advice you gave to me at the RV show where I met you, the Quartzsite show in Arizona many years ago. Yeah, do, the only regret you will have is that you didn't do it earlier. And you're yeah. absolutely right. And I've heard that well, from a were, lot of people. You were talking about RVing to your audience, but you didn't, weren't in one. I did. thinking, come on, Greg, you've got <laughs> to get out here and do it. And you learned some hard lessons. Too. I did indeed. Yes, absolutely. Uh you have any advice to people over the age of 50 to help them either identify or pursue their passions? Wow. wow. That's a good question. I think people, you have to take a hard look at your life. What brings you joy and what doesn't. Yep. Mm -hmm. If you have things in your life that do not bring you joy, then don't do it. Okay. Find, find where you find joy. I mean, you may want to be part of a missionary group of your church you may decide that you want to learn how to build buildings. Mm -hmm. you know, any of those things that you, anything you have an interest in, start pursuing it yeah. and see how big your interest really there is. There was an article on the news about a fella who had a passion for railroads, but he didn't know anything about them. He just thought it was cool. But when he retired, we have um, the Seminole Railroad out here, which is a little short piece of track where they, take people on rides and they maintain those old uh, locomotives and stuff. And he got totally involved with it and he's absolutely loving life. Yeah, I think, mm -hmm. what is he, 89 or something? He's well, I don't know, but he's been doing it a long yeah. time. But when he retired from whatever job he had, he decided to seek out the railroad stuff and learn about it. And mm -hmm. They hired him up. 
Oh, that's neat. <laughs> you know, a lot of us have that same thing. We have these passions about things that really trip our triggers early in yeah. life. And, you know, I, I think that it's just God created us to like these kinds of things and these kinds of, uh, to pursue these kinds of jobs and interests, etc. But we abandon yeah. that maybe because it was the advice of well-meaning friends or relatives were saying, you know, you need to do something more practical. You can't make any money doing that. You'll never go anywhere. There's no future in that. And so you sit on that dream for a long time, but it simmers inside and retirement is an opportunity for people to really allow that to come about and pursue that. But if you listen to those naysayers too long, you will have run out of time to do what you want to do. Right. Was your family relatively supportive of your decision to go full-time RVing? One of my sons was. My other son thought we had lost our mind. <laughs> Steve thought it was okay. Matt, Matt didn't. Matt, my son Matt just didn't like the idea. He didn't like us out there on the road. He didn't like, he didn't know, but he didn't know about camping and campgrounds and right. Uh, what a community that is. Mm -hmm. Even when you're on the road, if you're in a camper, somebody's going to stop and help you. Mm -hmm. you. You just, it's a, it's a, it's a community of itself. And anytime you find a passion for railroading, it's a community yeah. that you can join and expand mm -hmm. and, and meet new people and, and learn new things. Well, the internet you know? has changed all of that. I mean, really, oh, yeah. if you have a passion for something and you're the only person in your area and you go online, you'll connect with hundreds, if not thousands of people yep. around the country, or if not the world, who share that same passion. And that's where you can exactly. develop your, your, uh, your mission or your purpose. We had friends in Australia who are our viewers. We never met them. No. Mm -hmm. Wonderful people. And he was a songwriter and uh, a musician. And he wrote and produced the... Uh, a little theme song we used to intro our our show <laughs> it was okay. fun very good very good yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's such an opportunity to change your life and do something most enjoyable because you will get to a point where you're not going to be able to do what you want to do you are, know? so do it before are you we we might still be doing it had kathy's health not deteriorated yeah. to a mm -hmm. point where we couldn't that's what oh, yeah. forced you off the road and forced you into a different option Yep. And which, which speaks to your point, Kathy, is that if you had waited too long to start this, you would have missed all of it. Yep. All of it. It would just, it would, it never... would not have done it. No. Mm -hmm. I don't think. Yep. No. That's yeah. Cause if you had waited until I, you know, you were 65 to start retiring and living your dream, you would have missed a big chunk of the experience that you had. Yep. And it's the people that you meet that, I would have missed out on more than anything. That's what we miss more than anything now yeah. are the RV friends we made over the years. Mm -hmm. And you're, you know, we correspond with them on Facebook, but right. then it's not the same. Together, do things together and yeah, the yeah. campfires and mm -hmm. stuff yeah. like that. Are there anything still on your adventure list? Getting up every day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Not really. I mean, okay. we're uh, we're very heavily involved in the church. We just changed churches about five months ago, and we really love it. And uh, we're pretty heavily involved there. I still want to travel some, but you I won't travel as far. Okay. 
That's good. Good to note. We're planning, we're planning to go over to the east side of Florida and watch a launch. Yeah. Space. Oh, launch. really? That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Know, but it's going to be in a hotel. Kind yeah, of it's a one night stay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little trips like that. I still love to travel and see things. And, okay. And learn. I think it's important that you keep learning stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Very good. Kathy so, is at the end of a fairly complicated logistics supply chain mm-hmm. of stuff that she needs to keep her going. Right. But, uh, well, thank you so much for this time. I really appreciate it. I love your story. It's just a great inspiration to a lot of people you've been, and this story will help inspire other people going forward as well. So I appreciate the time. And you're welcome to publish our email address if people want to contact us. Very good. I will do that. So I'm opening myself up there, but who knows? Cool. But thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. I just love John and Kathy Huggins' story because it shows how anyone, truly anyone, can make a difference in the lives of others by passionately pursuing their purpose. Living the RV Dream grew from a one-hour radio show serving a small audience in Florida into one of the largest podcasts about the RV lifestyle in the country all within just a few months. That show spawned several books, an active Facebook community, and even several live events. All they did was research a topic they were interested in learning more about and share their findings with others. They financed their travel lifestyle by working part-time, limited-term jobs and telling others how they did it. They told people about their favorite products and offered advice on what to look for when buying RVs. Their total investment in starting a podcast was $200, and the show eventually attracted 8,000 listeners per episode. But that was surpassed by their active Facebook community of more than 80,000 people before a medical condition forced them to come off the road and sell their business. Kathy offered some excellent advice when she said, You have a choice. You can stay in the same house and golf at the same course every week, or you can travel and see the entire country. You can watch television or surf the internet all day, or go learn skills that you've always wanted to learn. Retirement is an opportunity to change directions and find something you have a passionate for and fall in love with it. I love that advice, but you don't have to wait until retirement to start living your dream. There are many more options today to earn money than ever before. Like John and Kathy Huggins like to say, you'll only regret the things you never do. Once you start living out the purpose for which you were specifically created to perform, then the only thing you'll regret is not getting started even earlier. You can connect with John and Kathy Huggins at www.facebook.com forward slash jnkhuggins. If you'd like help identifying a purpose for your life or to get help planning your next steps, I'm offering a complimentary brainstorming session to members of the Forward From 50 Facebook community. For details, connect with me on Facebook or visit www.forwardfrom50.com. That's all for this week's show. Next time, I'll be speaking with a woman who turned a traumatic childhood experience into a movement to help people violated by sexual abuse, especially as children and teens, to recover their innocence. It's a powerful story. And I'll have that interview on the next episode of the Passionate Purpose Podcast. Thanks for listening.